Excellent. All right. How many are ready for the word this morning? All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer just one more time. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your anointing and your presence that is already here in this place. And I thank you that our hearts will just be open to receive what you have for us here today. Lord, may we just shove aside all distractions of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and just focus on you here in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, we've begun on a journey. When you give your life to Christ, you, you, you get on this journey of uh, a relationship with the Lord. And this, uh, you know, relationship doesn't just last our lifetime here on earth, but it lasts through all of eternity. And so once we begin this relationship, is that the end of the story? Do we kind of settle in and just kind of get content, relaxing, knowing that I'm secure in my eternal salvation, or is there more? I think there's more, right? I think we all know. There's more than just that salvation experience, that coming to God, that coming to know Him. You know, today we had our song list, and I I was looking at that song list again, and the first song was Like a Lion. The second one was Found in You, Then You Reign, and Then With All of My Heart. And here's the more. See, that first song we said, God is not dead. And once you realize that God is not dead, you find yourself in him. And once you find yourself in him, you realize he reigns, and then you praise him with all of your heart. That's the more. See, it's relationship. It's relationship. So I loved how our songs today flowed with just an overall journey from the beginning to the end. And the end is with all of my heart. I will praise him. And when you get into a lifestyle of with all of my heart, I am praising him, then you, you, you've kind of got to that more part, that more. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that, about building faith through relationship. We've talked about faith the last few weeks, and if you've missed any of those, you can get on the website and take a listen. I think they're worth um, listening to. But the thing is, we can build our faith, you know, in many different ways, and, and I want to talk about those ways this morning, but it really all comes down to relationship. And I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11. Now, Hebrews 11 is uh, they're not exactly sure who the author is. Uh, some lean on, lean towards Paul. Some don't know. Uh, they've looked at the writing style, and you know, different ones have their theories as to who wrote Hebrews. But they have a general idea of when it was written because of what was in it, and they also know that who it was being written to, and it was to Jewish Christians. And Hebrews eleven is. The faith chapter. That's what, you know, in the church world, that's what we call the faith chapter. And so usually when you talk about having a relationship with God and you're talking about relationship and that sort of thing, you wouldn't think if you've been in the church for a while, let's go to the faith chapter. You know, that's not the, that's just not the spot that you would go necessarily. You'd be thinking, oh, this relationship, something a little more intimate, maybe like looking at some Psalms or, you know, and when Jesus was talking about love the Lord your God and love him and laying down your life for others, you know, all those kind of things, all those relationship type things. But the truth is, is that the whole New Testament, the overall theme is our relationship with God. 
really. It's our relationship with Christ. It's the new covenant relationship that we have with him. And so coming to Hebrews 11, we can find relationship there and how important it is. And I want to start with verse 1 of chapter 11. It says, now faith is the assurance of things, or the King James may say substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now this word assurance is very important because assurance in the Greek is the ground of confidence or your found foundation. So faith is the confidence that you have, the things that you're hoping for. It's a confident expectation and desire for good things in the future. And really, that's what hope is. It's a confident expectation of good things in the future. And we could say like this for hope. We could say hope is faith in the future tense. But see, faith is a little bit more than that. Faith is also a confident expectation and desire for good things in the future, but it's also the conviction of things not seen. And so what does that mean, conviction of things not seen? The thing is, is that some of these things are not in the future. We look at verse 3, it says this, By faith we understand that the universe was. So that's past tense. By faith, we're understanding that the universe or the worlds were created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So faith can do something hope can't do. Faith can look back. It can look backwards. Hope always looks to the future. Now, we've distorted what hope means many times because we say when we say, I hope this or I hope that, We're talking about wishful thinking, kind of like, I hope the Redskins win the Super Bowl next year. That's wishful thinking. Look, I'm allowed to say that. I'm a a Washington Redskins fan, okay? But see, that's not the biblical definition of hope. Now, see, if I said, uh, you know, New England's going to win the Super Bowl, I could probably say that's pretty confident, you know, because they're actually really good, you know, that team. So it's not just wishful thinking. You know, when you look at the odds that the, quote, Las Vegas, you know, and they have the betting odds for these games and all this and that, they have really high odds. So it's a confident, I can hear, I can see in the future, and I can see backwards. Now, I talked more about this in a series called Restoring Hope, and you can get on our, we launched a new website, and if you go to sermon, sermons, you can go on there, and on the right-hand side, there's these categories now, and you can just clip on hope, and all the messages on hope, and Restoring Hope will be right there. So it's kind of neat how, that, how we've got that laid out, so you can get right there. So if you want to know more about hope and, and you know how it relates to faith, you can go and look there. But why is faith so important? Now, we've been talking about faith, but why is it so important? I want to look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible. Somebody say impossible. Impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean if I don't have a strong faith, I can't please him, and therefore he's not going to let me into heaven when I die, and I'm destined for hell, I'm going to burn, oh no. No, that's not, you know, what it's talking about here. What it's saying is that if I can't please God, because the word please here means to be a well-pleasing thing, and this doesn't have anything to do with how much God loves you, 
or if you're in the family. It's just when he looks down and sees a strong faith, he just puts a grin on his face and he goes, ah, I like that. It's well-pleasing to him. Now, if you don't have a strong faith, again, does that mean that God's mad at you? He's upset with you? You're in the doghouse? You're going to be grounded? No, none of those things. Does it mean if I don't have a strong faith that his love for me is not as strong for somebody else who has a strong faith and now he loves that person more than me? How many's ever felt that way before? Hey, look, I've felt that way. Like God loves that person more than me, obviously, because, oh man, they're blessed and they're this, they're, oh my goodness, and they have so much faith and I'm that bit, you know, and I just get all down on myself, right? But the truth is, and we know that God loves us all the same. Look, I have four children. I love them all the same. Amen. You can doubt that all you want, but I'd die for every single one of them the same way. It just doesn't matter. And, you know, now look, one of them may be a little more frustrating to me at times. Oh, yeah. My youngest is really intense. He has one speed. He's just got all this energy. And, it, it, you know, he, he got, is in the swim team, and his swim coach is like, i never seen anybody that age be so driven. Because he's just got all of this energy, and he just get, is able to release that energy in that swimming pool. It's really cool. We, we, we like it. When he comes home from swim, he's a little more docile, a little. He's got that much energy, church. And he, look, it's, he's awesome. But now sometimes, does that energy get a little frustrating? Sure. It could get a little frustrating. Because my oldest, thank God, he's not bounding around all over the place with all his energy at this point. You know? So I don't have to worry about that with him. But does it mean I love him more than, no. I love them the same. God loves us all the same. But what is well-pleasing to me is when somebody has heard my instructions in the house and acts on it. Are you here? See, what's well-pleasing to God is when they hear what's in the Word and then they act on it. Because when you act on the Word, that's faith. And it puts a smile on God's face. And it puts something in motion and things begin to happen for you that weren't happening before when you act on the word of God. Now, on Hebrews 11, he goes on, he makes a lot of examples using the heroes of faith. They're, you know, men and women in the Bible, mostly, you know, Old Testament heroes of faith. That's why this is written to the Jews. They knew all these stories. They knew these men. And so they're, they're bringing these up as examples and how that they pleased God with their faith. And then you look down in verse 39, getting down to the end of the chapter, just for the sake of time, we're going down. And all of these, that's talking about those heroes of faith he was talking about. If you got time, go look at Hebrews 11 and read the whole thing. It's really good. So it says, And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now, the heroes of faith mentioned here in chapter 11, they did obtain promises. 
There were things that they believed for, and God did that for them. So what is it talking about here? They didn't receive what was promised. It makes it almost sound like, okay, if you don't really kind of understand all what's going on there, you got these heroes of faith, they did all these things, but all the faith, but it didn't do anything for them, you know? Or, uh, but you, when you get to the end, they didn't receive the promise. The promise is what he's talking about, is the new covenant. That's something that is better for us. It's the new covenant now that Christ has come down. He died for all, uh, for everyone's sins, past, present, future. He repaired the breach between man and himself. And now we can have a relationship with God in a way that those heroes of faith, they never got to see it. They still believed it was coming. They went to their deathbed believing it. Church, I believe that God's coming, Jesus is coming back to this earth. And whether I see it or not, when I'm living here, you're never going to get me to stop believing it. And that's what the heroes of faith did. They knew there was a Messiah coming, a promised Messiah, and they kept believing all the way to the end. And in the meantime, they were going to exercise their faith and have God pour out blessings and obtain promises that he's given to them, little promises here and there just along the way. But now something has happened. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, there's something better for us. There's this new covenant. So how do we take advantage of this new covenant? Now remember, we got chapter marks in the Bible, but this was one big letter. There were no chapter marks, no verses, all that stuff. The, this continues on in the next chapter. We look at chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, in other words, having said all that stuff that I just told you here in chapter 11, therefore, continuing this thought from verse 39 and 40, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So get this. It is a continuation. And what he's going to do is he's explaining how to take advantage of the new covenant. How do I take advantage of of this new relationship, this new covenant, because God's repaired that breach. I don't have to go sacrifice animals, put them on the altar, nothing like that. Let's keep reading verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, or the finisher, right, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Key word here is looking looking. See, verse 1 says, I'm going to lay aside every weight. I'm going to lay aside every, every sin which comes so closely, clings, tries to hold on to me. I'm going to lay it aside. And see, when this thing says lay aside, it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean it's not a motion. When you look that phrase up in the Greek, it's not a motion of laying it down. It literally means to lay down and push aside. In other words, get it as far away from you as possible. Now, how do I do that? Key word, looking. I've got to look to Jesus. Look in the Greek means this, to turn the eyes away from other things and fix them on something. Metaphorically, it means to behold in the mind, to fix the mind upon. Look at this statement here. It's impossible to build your faith without relationship. It's impossible to build your faith without relationship. 
This word looking, my mind has to change. Let me give you an example. When I first met Carrie Ann, I looked at her and said she was good. That is exactly what I looked and said. She is good. So I went after said goodness. Now, in my quest of looking and going after, throughout my day, what was on my mind? That goodness. Oh, yes, this is what was on my mind. See, when you come to the Lord and you start to have a look to him and you see the goodness of God, you can't shake it. See, no matter how hard I tried to distract myself from the thoughts of Carrie Ann, the goodness, it just did no good. It just kept coming to the surface. She was on my mind because she blew my mind. Now, see, when it comes to God, we look at and we see the goodness of God and what he's done for us. You can't shake it. And the more you look at it, the more you read, the more you get into it, you can't shake it no matter what. Because your relationship has progressed to that point. See, our relationship progressed to a certain point to where she was never going to be out of my mind. There's not a day that goes by and probably not an hour that goes by that I don't have a thought about my wife. Are you here? Now, hey, you say, well, I don't really have those thoughts. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I got goodness. That's all I know. All right. Relationship-based ways to build our faith. Now, if I'm going to look and I'm going to have my mind always on God, there's some things I've got to do. Now, listen, if I had seen and I didn't go after and I didn't ask for the digits and I didn't start, you know, saying, oh, let's go over here and do such and such and let's In other words, let's hang out, let's go out, let's go eat, let's go see a movie, or let's go do this, let's go do that. Uh, She's going to get out of my mind after a while. If I saw her, had one date, walked away, never called, never did, you know, she'd be on my mind for a while. But if I just kept letting it go and kept letting it go and never went back and a month goes by, two months go by, and I don't call. Now, she might be waiting, but I'm not calling. I just called. Never mind. I just came out of my mind. I don't know why. And if I never called to say, I love you, if I never made that call, is she really going to be in my mind? She's going to start going out of my mind. It's going to start leaving me. And see, if I don't do this, number one, relationship-based way to build our faith, number one, through prayer, If I don't talk to him, if I don't make that call, how in the world am I going to have him on my mind? How in the world am I going to be looking to him? How am I going to build this relationship which is going to build my faith and cause me to be an overcomer? 
Church, we've got a choice. We can go through the junk we're going through with low faith and not with a relationship with God and just try to meander our way through the mud and the muck. Or we can have a relationship with God, build it, build our faith, and get on top of the muck. That's our choice. So it's through prayer. It's conversation to confidently place our trust in God. We've got to continually walk in relationship with him in prayer. You can't build a relationship without talking to someone. It doesn't work. If I never picked up the phone and called her again, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. So I, I, well, I wouldn't be. I mean, maybe there'd be somebody else here. I don't know. An intimate relationship with Jesus gives us a fresh revelation of the nature and the power of God in our rights as his children. It causes us to rise. Second, it's through the word of God. You know, we've said this. We've already said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God cultivates our spirit to clearly hear the voice of God. In addition to acquiring knowledge about God, the Bible presents us with many examples of men and women who's walked in the faith. They've done it. They've been victorious and they've conquered their challenges and it shows us how we can conquer ours. Gives us those examples. We, we can observe how they stepped out in faith And we can respond. Get this statement here. Faith comes by revelation. Revelation comes by meditation. You can't get revelation from God's word without meditating on it. Now see, there's reading the word and then there's meditating on the word. See, I can read, and that's good. I want you to, but every once in a while, take a few scriptures, a passage, or meditate on it and see what you get from it. Have you ever seen, look, the last two weeks we went over about blind Bartimaeus and the woman with the issue of blood. Have you ever gotten so much out of those two things? Just by, you know, reading? Now, you have to take it and you've got to look in and examine and look at and just sit there and meditate. What are you saying to me, Lord? How did he do that? What did he do? How did blind Bartimaeus? He cried out. He used what he had and he cried out. But see, I don't get that with just a quick reading. I got to get in and I got to meditate and read it again and read it again and look at it and say, God, what are you speaking to me through that? Amen. That's where the change starts taking place. Something hits you on the inside and it just starts stirring. See, I couldn't just call her just just for a couple of minutes. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I know you are fine. So, how was your day? Good, good. I just wanted to make sure it was good. I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) That ain't enough. At least not for me. I got to have some more. And see, when the word, see, I can just read through or I can really dig in. Man, it's 11.07. You can't increase in faith without revelation. You won't get revelation without being in the word. Look, you can get some revelation coming on Sunday. That's for sure. You can get that. I mean, I know that. Why? Because the Lord's revealing something to me and I'm giving it to you. So it's revelation. But you got to get your own as well. And you got to get It's not just once a week. It's throughout the week. Amen? Amen. Number three, through praise. Through praise. See, we started on this right here. See, faith is not only to believe that God is able to do what he's promised, but that he has already completed it. 
To grow in faith, our heart must be overflowing with praise. Now, see, praise is different from thanksgiving. There's a fundamental difference between thanksgiving and praise. I want to give that to you here. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude for what God has done, is doing, and is about to do in our lives. See, we thank him for that. Praise is a much deeper level of gratitude that focuses on who God is. That focuses on who God is. Mm, Church, get this. To praise God is to abandon our agenda and attest that we believe in him alone. Everything, you know, it's not about what he can do for me. It's not about what he's already done at this moment. Right now, I'm just going to praise him for who he is. Listen, I can go snuggle up to my wife and tell her how great she is and, say, and, and butter her up a little bit and say, hey, you know, I got a little tension right here in my shoulder. Would you mind just squeezing those shoulders right there for me? Just a little, oh, yeah, there's a knot right there. Can you go ahead and take care of a little bit of that right there? Push in a little, you know, whatever. I can do that. Or I could come over and grab her hand and sit there and just lovingly look at her. And she goes, what? Oh, nothing. I just, I just wanted to be with you difference difference i praise god just because of who he is and i just want to be with him that's it he reigns he's king of kings because of that with all my heart the example we gave in the beginning our song titles with all my heart i will praise him Nothing to do, nothing to do with what he can do for me. I'm not trying to get something from God when I praise him. I praise him just because he's just good. He is goodness. When I see him at work in operation, when I see, I just see that he's good. When I see my wife and all that she does, and all that she does for my children, just who she is as a person, I look at, she is good. When I look at my God, he is good. And I praise him because of that. Now, I'll thank him as well. But we've got to move from just thanksgiving to praise. It's a more intimate level with God when you give him praise. Something, see, listen, a lifestyle of praise releases your faith. It releases faith in your life. When you go through your day and you're praising him just because, watch what happens. Church, I know what I'm talking about. I've lived it. I know what I'm saying. I know what I felt inside. I'm not making it up. It's not a figment of my imagination. I know that when I praise my God, something happens. I can feel it. Amen? fourth way is through obedience human limitation and circumstantial evidence can never stand in the way of god's ability god is always able get this church it doesn't matter what's going on the circumstances all the limitations that we have yes god is able but he is still he is still 
waiting for our obedience and submission to his will, which involves us taking that first step of faith. You know, is God able to take care of that situation? Is God able to do that thing in your life? Yes, he is able. Why has he not moved on that thing? I'm not sure. I just know I have to stay in obedience and I have to stay in submission to him and to his word at all times, despite what I see is going on, no matter what. And I can't fall back, and I can't say, oh, well, I'm not obeying him right now. I'm not being submission to, to, to his word because I got this thing going on, and I believed, and I prayed, and it's just not happening. So you know what? Because I know he's able, and he ain't doing it, so nah. I'm just going to do what I want to do right now. I'm just going to forget reading my Bible. I'm just going to watch TV. You know, we can do that. We can do that. Church, I know I've been guilty of it. Oh, things aren't moving the way I want them to move. Let me get a little discouraged. Let me get a little upset. Let me just, you know, wonder. Let me get a little fear going on. Let me just complain a little bit, murmur. The manna I got's not enough. It doesn't taste good. Let me spit it out, you know. Amen. How many's been there? I know I have. But if we always stay in obedience and submitted to his will, God will honor that. God will honor that. And our relationship will go higher than our faith begins to rise. Amen? James 1.3 says this, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Something happens. Growth takes place. When I'm not seeing what I want to see and I'm still submitted, I'm still obedient. Even though I'm facing an obstacle, it's an opportunity for us to trust and believe in God more and more. As tempting as it is for me to want to grab it and just put it back in my hands, I've got to lay it at the feet of Jesus and surrender it into God's hands. Amen. The fifth thing and the last thing is through testimony. Is through testimony. I'll never forget the first thing I did after I saw her. When I saw Carrie Ann, the first thing I did, one, I got up and went and chased her. That was one. And the next person I ran into that I knew, I told them about her. Oh, yeah. Because I said, you know what? I'm going fishing. And this one's a big one. It's a good one. It's a good catch. And you know what? I just kept telling people about it. And she came to church and filled out one of those welcome cards, you know, and at the time, you know, I, I wasn't in, you know, the position I am. I mean, I was doing overhead, uh, just drums and stuff like that and doing some other things. And, 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 you know, mom and dad would follow up with the guests who come and fill out the card. And I said, mom and dad, I'll take that card from you. I'll take care of that. That's not a problem. I am willing to sacrifice and take care and do the ministry and serve and take care of this first-time guest. Hallelujah, bless the Lord. (laughs) Right? I told everybody. I told Justin. I told my sister. I told my mom and dad. I told my friends. Man, I found this girl. Man, I'm telling you, she is fine. She is goodness. I told everybody about her. I was excited. And you know what they, you know, some of them were like, 
Sweet, rock on, man, high five. And then some of them were like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. You get those reactions. Now, when I get in that relationship with God and I see what God's done for me, I can't hold it in. I got to tell somebody. Despite what reaction I might get, I got to tell somebody. Now, don't be goofy with it. Let's be clear. Let's not be goofy with it. And we don't have to be churchy with it when we tell somebody about the Lord. We don't have to do that. You know, I, I mean, you start going and you start talking, you're talking to somebody and, and, and you can get all real, you can get real goofy. Well, the Lord, man, you won't believe what happened on Sunday. God showed me about his blood that covered me. And I mean, you just, can, you can get goofy. We can use these church terms, sanctification, redemption, how, all, you know, whatever. Just start talking about you. God's good. You know, this, I, I mean, I got this relationship with God, and it is good. You know, I see you're going through that thing right there. You know what? I've been through that before. And you know what I did? I took it to God in prayer. And I just started talking to him about it. And he gave me a piece, and I laid it on him. And then he started giving me wisdom about it on how to work that out. You want to know my God? That's not goofy. That's just being real. And that's telling somebody about my relationship. Now, depending on who I was speaking to when I was talking to people about Carrie Ann, sometimes I was goofy and sometimes I wasn't. And I got all kinds of reactions. And you know what? When I got one of those reactions like, yeah, 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 whatever, do you think I cared? (laughs) There ain't no way on God's green earth I cared. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. She is fine. You can say whatever you want to say. Look, I had people all the way up until the moment I married her try to talk me out of marrying her. True story. Ask me, are you sure? I'm like, you don't understand. Talk to the hand. And I was serious. And sometimes, you know, you you get that person that wants to try to tell you that God's not real or God doesn't. You don't understand. You don't know what God's done with me. You want me to tell you? Do you really? Can we stand this morning? After Jesus had healed a man from demons, he said this to this man in Luke eight thirty nine: Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Mm. He said, go proclaim it. Go tell somebody. And when you have that relationship and you get in that relationship with God, you can't help but say it. Look at these different, through prayer, through reading the word, through praise, okay, through praise, through obedience, and through testimony, telling somebody, your faith will begin to rise. If you get that prick in your heart to tell someone about God, do it. It doesn't matter what their reaction is. If they just have a bad reaction, you can walk away and say, God bless them. And you'll still feel good. Why? Because you were obedient. Because you were obedient. And then you never know. They may like hearing about it. 
especially when you talk to someone who is brokenhearted. Church, when you talk to the brokenhearted, they need grace. They need the grace of God. You need to give it to them. When you talk to somebody who's very stiff-necked and proud, someone who's got a lot of pride, give them the law. It breaks them down just a bit. Give them grace. The brokenhearted. Easiest ministry opportunity you'll ever have is talk to somebody who's going through a really rough time. Amen. Amen. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's just pray. Father, mm, thank you, Father God. Mm, Lord, I just thank you for increasing us. Increasing us in faith. And Lord, in order for that to take place, we have to increase in our relationship with you. I thank you for dealing with each one here today. Lord, just as you've dealt with me this week, Father, put us on our knees at times during the week. Father God, just that gentle reminder to go upstairs and get on our knees. Lord, you said this was a different season. This is a different time that we're moving into right now. This is not just talk and just all these things that we say just because. Lord, I know it to be true. And so, Father, right now, I thank you, Lord, of bringing us into a new season of increase of faith. Lord, and an increase of relationship and intimacy with you. Father, I thank you, Lord, as we come in here next Sunday. Lord, as our feet step into this auditorium, your presence and your anointing is so thick because we've been with you this week. We've been with you. We've been with you on our knees. We've been with you in your word. We've meditated and the revelation has come that we need to focus on you. There's so many things that we can look to. Father, we look at the TV sets and the movies and all the things and the responsibilities we have and some of those things are fine and some of the things are important and we have responsibility but father forgive us where we've laid down our responsibility of seeking your face father i thank you lord that we would drop to our knees this week and seek you in a way that we've never sought you before if that's your desire i want you to lift your hands and cry out to god and say father god i thank you for increasing me in my relationship with you lord put me on my knees this week put me in a different frame of mind this week lord may you be at the top of my mind that i would look to you as your word says i've got to look to you the author and the finisher of my faith father god you're not done with me yet you're not done with these here and what it's going to take a different level of intimacy with you it's going to take a different level of faith and so father i cry out to you this morning and i say that you are god you are king of kings and lord of lords and i praise you i give you glory just for who you are father god you are so good i thank you lord for your goodness lord that abounds in my life and I thank you for increasing in everyone that has their hand raised here today by faith Lord I thank you that we're going to a different level in you and it's going to bring growth in the individual's lives it's going to bring growth in this church it's going to bring growth in the body of Christ in this area called Woodbridge Virginia and Prince William County Lord I thank you for what you're doing Father Lord my God is not dead he reigns and I will worship him with all of my heart because I've been found in God Lord, I thank you and I praise you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This week, as you get before the Lord, just put on some praise music. I don't know who it is you listen to. This week, I was listening to William McDowell. Look him up. He's good. I'm just going to tell you right now because I'm not going to go back. He sang this song and he said, I'm not going to go back to the way it used to be. I'm not going back there to the, to the mediocrity. 
I'm not going back to the, uh, you know, just, oh, because God's not working at this moment, I'm going to get discouraged and depressed or upset. I'm not going back to those ways of little faith or just a little or just a little relationship. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give myself to him. I'm going to give myself away so he can use me. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.